Bismillah, salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah, nabina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyat amalina, man yahdihillahu fa huwa almuhtad wa man yudlil falahadiya lah, wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lah, wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima alamtana wa zidna ilma. قال أوسطهم ألم أقل لكم لولا تسبحون قالوا سبحان ربنا إنا كنا ظالمين فأقبل بعضهم على بعض يتلاومون قالوا يا ويلنا إنا كنا طاغين عسى ربنا أن يبدلنا خيرا منها إنا إلى ربنا راغبون كذلك العذاب ولعذاب الآخرة أكبر لو كانوا يعلمون for after they came to their garden and they saw the state of their garden and they assumed that they were lost and then they realized that an affliction had come to their garden and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had punished them through their garden قَالَ أَوْسَطُهُمْ يعني the most reasonable amongst them قَالَ أَوْسَطُهُمْ أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ did I not say to you before فَكَأَنَّ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ before this plan was hatched there was a voice of reason amongst them they said what you are doing it shouldn't be done for it's not like they went into it يعني blindly and that no one warned them. قَالَ أَوْسَطُهُمْ أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ Did I not say to you, لَوْلَا تُسَبِّحُونَ لَوْلَا تُسَبِّحُونَ Did I not tell you that you should make tasbih? And what he's meaning here by tasbih, he's meaning the istithna mentioned in the ayat before. Essentially he's meaning, why didn't you say, Allah? And as the Mufassirun said, he called the istithna, he called Allah tasbih, because what is the essence of tasbih? Is to exalt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from that which is not befitting of him. For when you didn't say Allah, what are you saying essentially? What are you implying? You are saying that my qudra is enough, I do not need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And subhanallah, Allah is exalted. And above this, we are all in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya hayyu, ya qayyub, bi rahmatika astaghith, aslih li sha'ni kullahu, wa la takilni ila nafsi tarfata'in. You ask Allah, ya hayy, ya qayyum, al-hayyan al-qayyum. Some of the ulama said, al-hayy al-qayyum is ism Allah al-a'zam. The great name of Allah that if he asks with these names, he answers whatever you ask him. Ya hayyu, ya qayyum, bi rahmatika astaghith. Through your rahmah, I seek refuge and deliverance. Aslih li sha'ni kullahu. Yani rectify all my affairs. Wala takilni ila nafsi tarfata'in. And do not leave me to myself for even what? The blink of an eye. Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves you for the blink of an eye, you are gone. Always have this iftiqar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I am in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah is not in need of anyone. And this is our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And anyone who does not have this relationship with Allah has not given Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the due appropriation that he deserves ما قدر الله حق قدره قال أوسطهم ألم أقل لكم لولا تسبحون قالوا سبحان ربنا إنا كنا ظالمين فنذا يسد سبحان الله قالوا سبحان ربنا exalted is our رب yes they acknowledge what they did exalted is our رب that he oppressed us because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not oppress anyone. But why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed our garden? Because of what we did. It returns to us. We sinned and we did not say, Insha'Allah. And we tried to prevent the masakeen from their haqq. 
For this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is high and exalted and far removed from oppressing anyone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not oppress anyone, but the people, they oppress themselves and they are deserving of the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For this is why they said, قَالُوا سُبْحَانَ رَبِّنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ We were ظالمين. We oppressed ourselves by doing the things that we did. It was not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who oppressed us. We were the ones who oppressed ourselves and we were deserving of the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قَالُوا سُبْحَانَ رَبِّنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ فَأَقْبَلَ بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ يَتَلَاوَمُونَ فَأَقْبَلَ بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ الإقبال is to turn to one another. أَدْبَرَ is to turn away. And أَقْبَلَ is to face someone. Yes, to turn to someone. فَأَقْبَلَ بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ They turn to one another. بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ يَتَلَاوَمُونَ Blaming one another. Because when a calamity occurs and a group of people are involved, what do people automatically do? They say, whose fault was it? Where does the buck stop as they say? Where did we go wrong? Where does the blame lie? فَأَقْبَلَ بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ يَتَلَاوَمُونَ قَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا طَاغِينَ قَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا فَذِسْ إِسْ إِسْنَشِلِ أَدُعَاءَ But it is not a dua that they are making against themselves in reality فَإِدْ إِسْ دُعَاءَ which represents a state of utter regret They're not making dua against themselves. It is يعني, something which is on their tongue, which represents a state of regret over what happened. قَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا طَاغِينَ Indeed, we were طاغين. We transgressed. We transgressed the boundaries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by not making the istithna, by not saying insha'Allah. And we transgressed the rights of the masakin by not giving them their haqq and not wanting to give their haqq. And our greed overtook us. For they, they acknowledged that they were wrong. قَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا طَاغِينَ عَسَى رَبُّنَا أَنْ يُبْدِلَنَا خَيْرًا مِّنْهَا إِنَّا إِلَى رَبِّنَا رَاغِبُونَ For what did they say? عَسَى رَبُّنَا Maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala عَسَى رَبُّنَا They acknowledge that He is their Rabb أَنْ يُبْدِلَنَا التبديل is to exchange عَسَى رَبُّنَا أَنْ يُبْدِلَنَا خَيْرًا مِنْهَا They turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance and in hope. And subhanAllah, what did they say? خَيْرًا مِنْهَا They didn't say exactly the same as it. What did they say? They said better than it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do anything. For this shows, as we'll see in the Masaid, they had حُسْنَ الظَّنِّ بِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ They had good thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. عَسَى رَبُّنَا أَنْ يُبْدِلَنَا خَيْرًا مِنْهَا Better than it. And the Mufassirun said, يعني, this could mean better than it in this dunya. And it could also mean better than it in the akhirah. But يعني, as they said, يعني, the context of the ayat, it supports that it is in this dunya. And there is no harm in khayra minha in this dunya. And khayra minha in also in the akhirah as well. But they turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala admitting their mistake. And asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to replace them better than it. Inna ila rabbina raghibun. We turn to our Rabb. Raghibun in hope and al-raghba is an act of worship al-rahba wal-raghba when you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these are acts of worship which only belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for we always have hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us and we fear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish us and this is the balance that we should have inna ila rabbina raghibun we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our dua that he will replace us better than it in hope and whoever hopes in Allah whoever turns to Allah in, in repentance and in hope as the Mufassirun said then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept If it was done with ikhlas كَذَلِكَ الْعَذَابُ وَالْعَذَابُ الْآخِرَةِ أَكْبَرُ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ
كذلك العذاب. This is how the عذاب is of Allah سبحانه وتعالى in this دنيا. You want to say the عذاب of Allah? Look at the example of the companions of the garden. كذلك العذاب ولا عذاب الآخرة أكبر. But the punishment of the hereafter is أكبر, is greater than the عذاب of this دنيا in both the كمية and the كيفية. In the كمية يعني the amount of عذاب and the كيفية the type of عذاب as well. It is greater. فسبحان الله maybe in this دنيا the example of عاد Allah punished them for seven days. Maybe the punishment of Allah comes down for one day. But the azab of the akhirah is what? It is eternal. In the kamiyya and also the kayfiyya. The punishment of Allah in the akhirah is not like the punishment of Allah in the dunya. It is يعني, multitudes greater than it. لو كانوا يعلمون If only they knew how great the azab of the akhirah was, then they would fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the rightful fear that he deserves. And they would do the things that he has told them. And they would stay away from the things that he has forbidden them. Because the one who fears Allah and he fears that day, they adhere to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Has told them. This is the zajir of the insan. This is what prevents them from falling into sins when they remember that day. And this is wallahi our problem. When we commit our sins, we do not think of Yawm Al-Qiyamah and we do not think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish us and we do not think of the hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us steadfast. Before inshallah we go into the fawaid and the ahkam, I'll just quickly read to you from Tafsir ibn Kathir in English, page 116, volume 10. Some of the Salaf mentioned that these people were from Al-Yaman. Sa'id ibn Jubayr said, Sa'id ibn Jubayr was one of the great Mufassirun from the Tabi'un. Sa'id ibn Jubayr said, they were from a village that was called Darawan, which was six miles from Sana'a in Al-Yaman. It has also been said they were from the people of Ethiopia, yani Al-Habasha, whose father had left them this garden and they were from the people of the book, yani from Ahlul Kitab. Their father used to handle the garden in a good way. Whatever he reaped from it, he would put it back into the garden as it needed and he would save some of it as food for his dependents for the year and he would give away the excess in charity. Then when he died and his children inherited the garden, they said, Verily our father was foolish for giving some of this garden's harvest to the poor. If we prevent them from it, then we will have more. So when they made up their minds to do this, they were punished with what was contrary to their plan. Allah took away all of what they possessed of wealth, gain and charity. Nothing remained for them. Yani the important thing to understand as we'll come to see is that yani this is a story in the Quran and there is hikam and mawa'id. There is benefit in it and there is admonition in it as well. Alright, the fawaid and nahkam, the points of benefit and the rulings. The first one, that the Qur'an contains stories and parables as an admonition to the people. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have qisas and mawaid and darb al-amthal? So that a person is admonished in it and they take the lessons from it. Two, that it is the sunnah or the way of Allah that he will test his servants with blessings and with calamities. It is from the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will test his servant with blessings and with calamities. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested the people of garden with a blessing, with the garden. And then he tested them with a calamity. When the garden was destroyed, he tested them with this and he tested them with that as well. And like we said, subhanAllah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you of this dunya, it doesn't mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may test you with the very thing that he has blessed you with. Three, that the poor people, masakin, have an obligatory share in what is harvested from the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says in Surah Al-An'am Give the haqq of what is taken from the earth when you harvest it. For that stinginess and greed in what is obligatory is blameworthy and results in evil consequences. This is straightforward. So it is bad when it is not in something obligatory. For someone who is stingy in, مثلاً, something which is voluntary, it is not a good character. For this is in just something which is voluntary. For what about when it's in something obligatory? It's even worse. 
Five, the obligation of saying insha'Allah when intending to do something. And that not saying it is a cause of deprivation. For how do we know that it is an obligation? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Kahf, وَلَا تَقُولَنَّ لِشَيْءٍ إِنِّي فَاعِلٌ ذَلِكَ غَدَىٰ إِلَّا Allah. This is an order from Allah. Do not say, I am going to do something tomorrow, except if you say, Insha'Allah. Only if Allah wills, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And similarly, when you say, Insha'Allah, it is a cause for achieving your objectives and receiving what you desire. When you say, Insha'Allah, as we said, this is the Insha'Allah, which is said, understanding what it means. Six, that the punishment of Allah in this world comes suddenly and unexpectedly when people are in a state of heedlessness. For Ashabul Jannah, they were, they were asleep. This is the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And like we said last week, the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has never come upon the people and they were waiting and ready for it. As we took in Kitab al-Tawheed, we should never feel safe from the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seven, that what comes down from afflictions and punishment upon the people is from the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? He said, فَطَافَ عَلَيْهَا طَائِفٌ مِنْ رَبِّكَ That what comes down from punishments and afflictions is from the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what happened to the people of the garden. Eight, that the companions of the garden were strong in their stinginess and greediness and strong in their dislike of the poor people. They were determined to deprive them of the rightful share of the garden. For subhanAllah, they were strong in their stinginess and greediness to the extent that they didn't even want to give the masakin their share. And everyone knows that the share that the masakin take from the wealth of a person is, is subhanAllah minimal. But when you want to deprive this, subhanAllah, this minimal amount of wealth to the masakin, then this goes to show your, your extreme stinginess and your extreme greediness. Nine, that those who harbor evil intentions and take the necessary means to implement them will be punished with the opposite of what they intended. The one who has an evil intention and they go ahead to implement this evil intention, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them opposite of what they intended. And this could be in this dunya and it could be in the akhirah as well, for someone may have an evil plan and they may hatch their evil plan and say he got away with it. But will he get away with it in the akhirah? He will not get away with it in the akhirah. The one who intends evil, then they will see evil whether it is in this dunya or in the akhirah. 10. The evil consequences of ignoring and turning away from the nasiha, the advice that someone gives you. How do we know this? Was this not a nasiha that he gave them? This was a nasiha that he gave them. And also the virtue of the one who gives a nasiha, particularly in times of heedlessness when people are far away from Allah and they are immersed in the dunya. When we say nasiha, it could be in any form, whether it is a word that you give to someone privately or a word that you give publicly for everyone to hear. Madhran, you could give a nasiha while you are giving khutbah in Jum'ah and the great virtue of the person who gives nasiha during the times where people are heedless. For this is a great virtue that this person has. 11. That one of the main causes of precedence amongst people is knowledge of the sharia and calling to it da'wah. You see the one who has knowledge of the sharia and they implement it and they call towards it. In the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have a higher ranking than the one who does not. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said, He said the best amongst them, yani the moderate amongst them and the best amongst them. For he gave them a rank. He said there was some who were good and some who were not good. And the one who was good, how was he good? Because he had knowledge and he was imparting this knowledge. Twelve, that tasbih, yani glorifying and exalting Allah and dhikr in general, prevents a person from exceeding the limits of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made haram. That when you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a tasbih, and when you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with general dhikr, 
it prevents you from falling into the haram and it also prevents from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you had made tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you had remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you had given Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the due appropriation that he deserves, you would not be in this predicament right now. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Safat about Yunus alayhi salam, he said, فَلَوْلَا أَنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُسَبِّحِينَ If Yunus alayhi salam was not from the musabbihin before he entered into the belly of the fish, what would have happened? لَلَبِثَ فِي بَطْنِهِ إِلَى يَوْمِ يُبْعَثُونَ He would have remained in there until the day of resurrection. But because he was from the Musabbihin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he saved him from the predicament that he was in. 13. That the companions of the garden acknowledge their sins and return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tasbih. قَالُوا سُبْحَانَ رَبِّنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ They turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tasbih. 14. That their plotting and planning to deprive the masakeen and their determination upon that was tughyan. What did they say? قَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا for they acknowledge that what they did by not saying insha'Allah and trying to prevent the masakin that this was tughyan. They transgressed the boundaries set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 15. That their regret at what they had done caused them to have good thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, husn al-dhan, such that they turned to him in hope that he would replace their garden for them. For they said, Asa rabbuna an yubdilana khayran minha inna ila rabbina raghibun. For they regretted what they had done. And then they hoped in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They put their hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 16. That the companions of the garden were believers. How do we know that they were believers? Because they fulfilled the rububiyyah and al-uluhiyyah. If they just fulfilled the rububiyyah, that does not necessarily mean that they were believers, but they fulfilled both the rububiyyah and the uluhiyyah. For when they said, Subhana Rabbina, they fulfilled what? Al-rububiyyah. And when they said, Inna ila Rabbina, raghibun, they fulfilled al-uluhiyyah, because al-raghba is an act of worship, and they were sincere in this act of worship. For we know that they were believers. 17. That the punishment of the hereafter is greater than the punishment of this world. And this is straightforward. And 18. That there is no concurrence between the punishment of this world and the punishment of the hereafter. Yani there's no talazum. Yani one does not necessitate the other. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may punish a person in this world and he may pardon them in the akhirah. For just because a person is punished in this dunya doesn't mean that they are going to be punished in the hereafter. Or a person could be punished in the hereafter and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could leave them in this dunya. Again, there's no relationship between the dunya or the akhirah. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nas'allahu as-salamu al-afiyah, could punish a person in this dunya and he could punish them also in the akhirah. And then this leads to the next one, 19, that from the favors of Allah, on a person is that he punishes them in this world so that they are saved from the punishment of the hereafter. This is from the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon a person. For if you see someone, a calamity has befallen them, don't say this person is wretched, there is no hope for this person. Maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is washing their sins with this calamity so that they meet him yawm al-qiyamah with, with a clean slate. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, إِذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِعَبْدِهِ الْخَيْرِ عَجَّلَ لَهُ الْعُقُوبَةَ فِي الدُّنْيَا If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes good for a person, he punishes him beforehand in this world. And on the other hand, وَإِذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِعَبْدِهِ الشَّرِ أَمْسَكَ عَنْهُ بِذَنْبِهِ حَتَّى يُوَافِي بِهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Allahu Akbar. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes for this abd evil, he refrains from dealing with his sin till he takes full payment for it on the day of resurrection. He refrains, he lets him commit the sin, but he meets him يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ and he will pay in full for his sin. نَسَرَ اللَّهُ السَّلَامُ وَالْعَافِيَةِ And then the final one, 20, that knowledge 
of the threat of the punishment in the hereafter is the main cause of fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you know about the punishment waiting in the akhirah, then you will fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَعَذَابُ الْآخِرَةِ أَكْبَرُ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ When you have knowledge of the akhirah and you have knowledge of what is awaiting from the punishment, then this will cause you to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this goes to show the importance of al-ilm and the importance of knowledge. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu wa la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa tuwa laik wa jazakum Allah khair.